I'm Jonathan Goldstein, and you're listening to Wiretap on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius XM. Today's episode, The Ideal Self. Sunday, 4.45 p.m. I'm in New York for the week and on the hunt for a short-term gym membership. This is all a part of my New Year's resolution. Just because I'm out of town doesn't mean that good health should stop. I mean, it had gotten to the point where I was accepting invitations to out-of-town panels as an excuse to eat ice cream in a hotel room. Well, not in 2015. And so, at present... I'm explaining to a lady at a Manhattan YMCA reception desk that I'm from Canada and in need of exercise. I'm hoping this sounds vaguely exotic. When in America, anytime I'm in a jam, I tell people I'm from Canada. So while holding up the line for subway passes, I turn to the growing mob and stammer, I'm from Canada. It's my default when asking for pasta instead of pasta, a medium-sized instead of a jumbo, or the washroom instead of the turlet. I even reach for an I'm from Canada when doing the regular dumb stuff I normally do. I'm from Canada has become the social safety net I never have when I'm actually in Canada. In Canada, I'm just considered odd and not very bright. The receptionist looks me up and down I imagine she is admiring this mysterious, worldly man from a sparsely populated land of loonies, toonies, carports, and men named Gordon, who install carports. I mentioned that I belong to a Y in Canada, but she tells me their American Ys are not affiliated. I'm tempted to tell her that, in spite of what she may be thinking, we're really not so different that our Canadian Ys and her American Ys are actually quite similar. Except in Canada, the Y doesn't stand for young. It stands for, why hasn't Gordon shown up yet to install my carport? Instead, I set out to find a new place to exercise. Five oh five p.m. I stumble upon a nearby gym named after an onomatopoeic sound, usually associated with crushed bones and peanut butter, the crunchy kind. In advance of joining, I visit the gym's website on my phone and find this piece of ad copy. Quote, Are you awesome? Then join the club. We will send you an email to confirm your new membership and to welcome you to Club Awesome. 5.10 p.m. At the front desk, I explain the Canada situation, and they allow me to have a look around. It's a place of dance music, conveyor belts, many TVs, and machines designed to totally max out my glutes. It's after dark, and they've dimmed the lights to achieve a more chiaroscuro effect. But rather than making me feel like a sexy Rembrandt ready for shots of Jägermeister, I feel sleepy and slightly depressed. 5.20 p.m. So, think you'll be joining us? The man at the desk asks on my way out. 
I don't think so, I say, trying to be enigmatic. Maybe he thinks my decision has to do with the Canadian currency situation, how at this point it takes about three toonies and half a loony to make one American dollar. Or maybe he thinks I'm only prepared to lift weights measured in metric units. 6.10 p.m. Exiting the apartment I'm staying at, I ready myself for some street corner jumping jacks and maybe a few deep knee bends. Should anyone approach asking what on earth I'm doing, I've a mouthful of I'm from Canada's at the ready. Cordelia Amazist-Rose. Um, I couldn't tell you how much time I spend daydreaming because that would be like describing how much time I spend breathing. My earliest memories are of laying around as a toddler and daydreaming, lying there gripped by fantasy. I mean, I lived in a pretty loud and explosive environment as a child, as far as people be screaming and being, you know, verbally abusive all the time. So they created a fantasy world full of characters who were very nurturing and soothing, like a mother figure and a, a, a sister figure and friends and, you know, things I didn't have. It was all so emotionally fulfilling. By the time I was age 10, I was completely absorbed and I would daydream wherever I was all the time. I was constantly drifting in and out and... I mean, I've had the same fantasy world for most of my life. I've grown up in real time along with these characters. They've grown up with me. You know, we grew up, you know, we went to school, they went to school, they got married and had kids, and so did my character. We moved around. And and, and, and does the main character, the person that you think of the most, is that you? She's an idealized version of myself, so she's like super me. She is me. She has my name, and we look similar. She's like me, only, you know, thinner and prettier. But she does, like, a million things that are not even humanly possible. Like what? Oh, well, like, she's won two Nobel Peace Prizes. She's queen of the country, a fictional country. She's, you know, invented a bunch of things. She's, you know, a lawyer. She's got five PhDs. She's solving world peace. She's I mean, the list goes on and on. She's done so many things. So, for example, what what might be going on during one of these daydreams? What's a scenario you might imagine? I, for example, I they're they're very big. My, my character is very big on family dinners and family food. Um, she cooks, and her father-in-law taught her to cook. Growing up, he was a Michelin-starred chef, and. She puts a lot of love into her meals, and she makes, I mean, whenever possible, she insists that they all get together three meals a day. They all kind of gather, and they talk, and at some point, somebody comes over who wants to sing, and my character will get up and, and be singing after after the meal, and, you know, uh, her husband will play bass, and a few different people will fight over who gets to play the piano, and who gets to sing back up. And... Is, is, is it so specific that you can actually hear an actual song? I can hear the melody, I can hear 
I can hear her voice and I can hear their voices and I can feel the intensity of the song. Often I'll be so connected that I'll have physical reactions like uh, like tears, like mouth-watering, like goosebumps, chills. You know, I feel all the emotions very strongly. It just, it's so gripping. It's very hard to turn it off and interact. It's hard to even want to when things are so great in the inner world and so awful in the outer world. Or if, even if they're not awful, when they're just bland in the outer world. Um, it really can become an addiction. I was constantly drifting in and out of it. It was like I was simultaneously in both worlds, except that I was more in the inner world than the outer world. I knew I was doing something at a dangerous level that I just I couldn't stop, and it was interfering in my life. I stepped out into the street when cars were coming and almost got run over. I just at some point realized this is a problem. I'm doing this too much. I can't stop. Every time I try to do my homework, I just go back and lay down daydreaming for hours, and I just I can't make myself stop. I was so stuck in it that there were, I didn't know what to do. So in 2007, I left a sobbing plea for help on a, a random mental health site, and I found a response by Dr. Cynthia Schupach, and that was a changing point in my life, a huge changing point. She told me what it was, what it was called, that there was a real condition, that it wasn't just me being crazy and weird and alone, and that changed my life. And and so what did she say this condition was exactly? The official term is maladaptive daydreaming or compulsive fantasizing, which is probably more accurate because it's not always maladaptive, but um, I have it. It's just, My brain just functions in this way. I was just born with a creative mind, and instead of focusing it outward, my art is my daydream world because it is rather elaborate and creative, and it you know, it does take a lot of strength to live in two worlds simultaneously. And I guess I feel like I was born with this duality. And at this point, do you suspect that maybe over time you're going to need this world less and less? Or have you over the years been needing it less and less to the point where maybe you won't, you won't be using it at all? Well, I don't think it'll ever stop completely, but my goal, you know, when I was trying to get better was to slowly find things in the outer world that would grip me enough that eventually I would need it less and less. And so I'm kind of, you know, practicing very simple things like saying, hi, how are you? Because the outer, the outer reality is always there. And when I don't interact with it, I feel that. I feel the disconnection. Yeah, it seems like no matter what, reality is reality. It has to be dealt with somehow, you know? Yes, um, but I, I dispute the idea that the outer world is reality and that the inner world is not, because, you know, we are our minds. I grew up, you know, enjoying this inner reality and growing and loving and letting my mind run wild. And then I was so guilty because I wouldn't be experiencing the outer reality. But, you know, time spent thinking, it really isn't wasted. I mean, you may think that, you know, there's only so much you can do inside your own head, but, I mean, the mind is infinite. Our thoughts are infinite. So, I mean, I would feel remiss if I didn't, you know, see what the outer world has to offer me. But I don't feel like it is more real than what's going on in my head. Reality is wherever my mind is.
damage had been severe, but fortunately confined to the dock section of the city. Godzilla was still in Tokyo Bay, and there was every reason to believe he would return, unless some means was found to stop it. January 19th, 2015. Food, exercise, and dream diary, as recorded by me, Godzilla. 12.58 a.m. Breakfast. Two schools of fish from Tokyo Bay. Calories. 782,000. How I was feeling when I ate this. Confused. Irradiated. Hating my size. 1 a.m. Exercise. Tail thrashing to destroy bayside warehouses. One set of eight, slow pace. Two sets of 16, medium pace. Repeat to exhaustion. Calories burned. 540,000. Not enough, Godzilla. Not enough. 1.20 a.m. Snack. City bus passengers. 18. Driver fell out when I shook bus. Calories 3,456,000. Feeling. Numb. Huge. 1.25 a.m. Return to bay. Submerge. Rest. Dream. I was small. Normal-sized for a reptile. I played with other reptile friends. Everyone liked me. I sunned myself on a huge rock. I caught a fly on my tongue. I saw my friend smashed under a bus. Passengers had same faces as people I ate earlier. And it was sad, but right. Because buses are supposed to be bigger than reptiles. a.m. Lunch. Barnacles from hull of cruise ship, school of fish, eel colony, pod of whales, and giant squid family. Calories. 20,839,000. Feeling. Hopeful. 11.37 a.m. Exercise. Taxi stomp. Alternating legs for 30 blocks. Calories burned. 148,900,183. a.m. Exercise. Breathe fire at attacking airplanes. Calories burned. 5,342,000. a.m. Snack. Pilots and parachutes. Calories. 5,342,000. Why bother to exercise? Feeling. Defensive. Misunderstood. Freakishly colossal. 12 p.m. Hike to countryside. Find hiding place in forest cave. Rest. 5.01 p.m. Snack. Rainwater that pooled in my own giant footprint while I slept herd of drowned deer. Calories, 25,600. Feeling, disgust.
8.03 p.m. Snack. Tsukiji Fish Market and a Wasabi Pea Factory. Calories. 510,034. I hate myself. 8.10 p.m. Snack. Tofu Processing Plant, Green Tea Ice Cream Warehouse, and a Cream Puff Bakery. Who can count? I can't stop. I hate the scientists who did this to me. 8.14 p.m. Exercise. Terror lifts. Hold one elevated train car in each paw, alternating lunges. Calories burned. 1,687,000. 8.57 p.m. Exercise. Destroy bridge, military vehicles, mobile science labs. Calories burned. Who cares? 9 p.m. Return to bay. Drift seaward. Rest. Dream. I was with a female reptile just like me. We were both normal-sized. We ate grub bugs. We were diurnal. My three-chambered heart was happy. Then she laid eggs the size of Mount Fuji. They had been irradiated by new atomic experiments. When will humans learn? First, I was horrified. Then I realized I loved my children, no matter what their size. Built a nest for hatchlings with crushed taxis. p.m. Dinner. Three flocks of migrating birds, lichen from sea rocks, and a seal lost from the aquarium. Calories. 2,312,700. Feeling resigned. 10.58 p.m. Bedtime snack. Lone orca. Calories. 1,200,018 feeling tired, fat, alone. But maybe someone can love me even if I am huge. 11 p.m. Exercise. Divert torpedo back to submarine. Destroy submarine fleet. Calories burned. 254,078,969. Totals. Calories consumed, 553,600,152. Calories burned, 553,600,152. Deficit, none. Projected weight loss, zero. Feeling, hope I dream of that nice female reptile again. Hello? Hey, Dad? Yeah. 
we're doing a show this week about self-improvement. Right. So you've just turned 80. Yeah. About a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And it's a new year. Right. And I was wondering if you've made any New Year's resolutions. Resolutions. If you if you still do that, yeah. I'm so perfect, I don't make any more resolutions. Do you, do you really feel that way? What am I going to resolve, Johnny? Everything's been resolved. <laughs> and I'm content and happy with myself. Um, were you, in the past, were you uh, a big uh, New Year's resolution kind of guy? No. Definitely not. I never did. I never made resolutions. Why? Why do you think that is? I don't know. Just the way I am. I'm not a diary person. I'm not a resolution person. <laughs> what kind of person are you? I go on the way I am. I go every day to the club and I work out. I don't stuff myself. That's it. What What kind of stuff do you do at the gym? Sometimes push-ups. Uh, I do the treadmill for a half hour. How many push-ups do you do? I do uh, sometimes 40, sometimes 50. That's very impressive, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and I do that machine, you know, where you go on a machine, you get on your knees on this pad, and you pull up the weight. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do, uh, it's almost 200 pounds. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And did, did, you, did you do that all your life? No. When did no. you start doing that? Uh, man, for the... Not on a regular basis till I joined the club, which is about... I don't know, but I think I'm in the club about four years, five years. So you you only started in your 70s? Yeah, I'd say so. That's kind of inspiring. Yeah, you just got to live your life and just, you know, go with the flow, not res- resolve. If you make a resolution, they fail. Why do you think that is? Because people are human. You are you. Just do your thing. Go along with life. If something feels good, do it. That's all. Give yourself a break because you're only human. You have to be flexible. If you're not, if you're too rigid, you're going to break. You can't achieve uh, perfection.
On Wiretap today, you heard Buzz Goldstein and Cordelia Amethyst Rose. To learn more about maladaptive daydreaming, visit wildminds.ning.com. You also heard Sean Cole reading a story by Kate Hahn. Kate Hahn is a contributor to the New Yorker's Daily Shouts column and is the author of Forgotten Fashion, an illustrated faux history of outrageous trends and their untimely demise. A version of her story first appeared on McSweeney's.net. Wiretap is produced by Mira Birdwin-Tonic, Crystal Duhame, and me, Jonathan Goldstein. Subscribe to the free podcast at cbc.ca slash wiretap, where you can also download the latest wiretap ringtone. I hate the scientists who did this to me. A refusal to take personal responsibility with every ring of your phone. Missing links like the men we used to be, and are we supposed to think mysteries? Maybe not.